Hi, this is Debbie, and this is Light Up Your Worth podcast. This podcast is for you, the spiritual curious woman who is seeking inspiration and hope as you navigate life circumstances. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other soulful spiritual women who get real and vulnerable as they share their very own unique journey in life. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom. It'll motivate you and light up your worth. Hi, Debbie here. So glad you're here for this week's episode with my guest, Jilly Marie. Jilly is a gifted healer. She's a certified acoustic records practitioner. She's an intuitive. She also is a sacred soul alignment and sacred light foundation practitioner among her many, many gifts as an intuitive. We're going to dive into um, a lot of discussion about when we don't allow ourselves to feel the emotions and what the consequences of those are really and how we can get back to feeling. We also jump into how would you know if you're grounded? Have you heard that expression before? Oh, just go ground yourself. Well, how do you actually know if you are grounded? And then how do you get yourself grounded if you find out that you're not? So uh, stay tuned and I would love to hear your feedback. Enjoy. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. Hello, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth and I am excited, excited, excited to bring on my friend, Jilly Marie. We have, just so you guys know, this is a real treat. Um, I have been working with and I am sharing one of the people that I ping when I need to go and get some really good answers and feedback and actually sometimes the shit thrown in my face about what I need to be looking at in my Akashic records. And so I am bringing, I, I almost think of you as like my secret weapon sometimes, right? To keep me focused, <laughs> Julie. So uh, yeah, without, you know, diving too much into that, I want to welcome my friend, Jilly Marie here, who is a, an incredible healer. Um, she does a lot of really uh, deep work in the Akash, and she's a sacred soul alignment practitioner, and many, many, many other things. <laughs> um, a Red Sox fan. And, uh, and she just really is just really truthful and, and, and what's the word I'm looking for. She just tells it as it is. And what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so welcome. Welcome, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is really exciting. You know, I had to go set a background for today and I thought of this, I saw the records of the book. Uh, you know, the library. And I thought, wow, this is just like a very, uh, of course, it came up when I was looking in my own pictures of what I was going to bring in. And so of course, I thought, oh, this would be perfect for our session today. So welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So we've been diving in and talking about a lot of like intentional healing, and really going through one of the specialties that Julia 
that Julie, sorry, is, is really good at is dealing with trauma. And so we started to kind of talk about that. And what I wanted to do is have you share a bit of your story, because I know you're very, very passionate about this work. And so I'd, I'd really like to hear more of, you know, how you got to be here in this incredible healing. So um, I'll go backwards a little bit. My name is Jillian Maria, and I am an Akashic Records practitioner, and I found the healing arts um, and energy healing work heal as an after result of healing my rape. I'm a date rape survivor, thriver. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, that means you're more than three years out of your original date. And for me, I was date raped in 2002, but I talked about it in 2013, 2014. So... Um, what brought me into the healing arts was a combination of things. I was in a space of um, not happy. I wasn't happy. And I, and I couldn't figure out, couldn't pinpoint why. I just wasn't. And so one of the things that I've come to realize, not only being date raped and um, being in the space of dealing with other sexual trauma, but also emotional trauma. And I want to share with you that when I hyphenate emotion, I say it e-hyphen motion. And a lot of people say, well, why do you do that? Because e-hyphen motion means that emotion is simply energy in motion. And I like to make it user-friendly because our society is so bent on not allowing us to feel fear-based emotion. And the reality of life is, is that if we try to shut ourselves down, numb ourselves out from feeling fear-based emotion to include guilt, grief, shame, sadness, melancholy, frustration, etc., we also unintentionally numb ourselves from feeling the love-based side of the scale to include bliss, joy. Now we might say we're in love with somebody that we love somebody, but we can't have the depth of love if we're not allowing ourselves to also feel the depths of our sadness, our grief, our anger. Um, and so one of the things that when I started talking about emotion as energy in motion, and it actually wasn't my original concept, I originally read it studying Panache Desai and came into the space of realizing that rage is compounded anger. Anger is sadness as bodyguard. Sadness is guilt, grief, and shame as bodyguard. So if you see people that are running around and they're angry, they're actually deeply sad or they're deeply aggrieved and don't know how to deal with it, especially men. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're watching this podcast, I want to share with you, this is not about crapping on men, but it's important to realize that we are not emotionally intelligent through the ages. In other words, starting with around World War II, we didn't have, because the whole world was on fire and we find ourselves there again, emotionally, you know, wrung out. I mean, we, this has been going on this whole, you know, COVID situation for almost two years. Our nervous systems are not built for this. They simply are not. So rather than getting ourselves into the space of dealing with and becoming aware of our anger, our sadness, our guilt, our grief, our shame, our frustration at how we wish life was or how we wish people would just do a thing, we suppress it. 
And so when we, when I hear people say, oh, I have an anger management problem, or that's just the way I am, I'll say, ah, stop. You don't have an anger management issue as much as you have a failure to feel emotion issue. And feeling emotion doesn't kill people, right? But when we get into the space of like, how are we really going to solve something? Like my realizing as a child, and I just want to share that because my parents are probably going to hear this. This is not a crap on you hour. It's not what this is about, but it is because here's the thing. The shared experience of most of us in our 30s, 40s, and 50s is that we were shared. We were told by our parents, grandparents, somebody in charge, if you don't stop crying, we'll give you something to cry about. Yep. And that yep. cost us, right? So mm-hmm. that cost us to be in a space of, we imprinted that on our small self sometime between the age of zero and eight as a trauma, number one, but number two, as the message was, it's not safe for me to show emotion. So we started stacking. So we started, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, right? Stiff upper lip, shoulders back, chin out. You go on with life. You shove it under the rug and you keep going. We'll deal with it at a more convenient time. Well, one of the things that I've learned and so many of my clients have learned over the space of time is, and friends of mine as well, is that there is no good time to stop and deal with death, to stop and deal with grief, to stop and deal with the loss of a job or even if you chose to change a job, there's still the grief of transition. Grief is just not for dead people. It's also for the living. It's for transitions that we choose to make. It's for miscarriages. It's for bankruptcy. It's for being forced to move across the country or choosing, you know, choosing your job versus medical freedom. All those things, there's hundreds and hundreds of examples that we just shove under the rug that all involve emotion. And if we're in this space, and they all involve grief, so if we're in the space of disallowing ourselves because we don't know how. So here's the thing. When your parents were little, someone didn't model emotional intelligence for them. So they were taught stiff upper lip it, right? Mm-hmm. Rub some dirt on and keep going. Stiff, you know, stiff up, you know, upper lip, shoulders back chest out, keep going, nose to the grindstone, we just keep going. So then when they had you, they didn't know how to hold space for their own, they would feel their own stuff coming up and didn't have any tools to feel it because they were afraid of feeling their own emotion. So they would then put that on you. They wanted to comfort you, but they didn't have any idea how. And that's why a lot of people nowadays, like when they're in the space of like trying to suppress people or cancel people, it's because we get into that space of, I don't know how to have space for anything but joy. And I say it with quotation marks because a lot of us don't know what even real joy is. If you've lived your whole life in a space of fear or anger or sadness, or you have been in survival mode your whole life, if you were raised by addicts of any kind, or people who distract, whether it's alcohol or workaholics or drug addicts or parents who were absent from you, but they they could have been physically present, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're emotionally unavailable, that's the same thing. And in a lot of studies that they're starting to come out with, as we have new evidence and as we start, you know, putting our kids and, you know, putting our kids into therapists and normalizing that, 
And as we start doing more pediatric work around it, we realize there's this spiral that goes back 70, 80 years into the space of if no one taught you, then you don't also know how to do it. And it can be, it's not just about emotion. I mean, like one of my friends, you know, went to college and she, this is years ago, and she, you know, back when texting was a thing. And she texts me 911 one day and I called her back and I'm like, oh my God, you know, what's the emergency and the whole thing? And she's like, I don't know how to boil water. And I burst out <laughs> laughing because I was like, that's your 911 emergency. <laughs> but for her, she was in a dorm room with a hot plate and they were trying to make ramen noodles. And she literally didn't know how to boil water. No one had ever taught her anything about, like everybody had always cooked for her. So she was in the space of physically not knowing how to do a thing. And so that same thing translates to us emotionally, mm -hmm. where if no one's ever taught us how to feel our emotion and sit with it, like when I teach people, the first time someone ever taught me, just sit with it. So there I am taking a breath and I'm like, okay. And they're like, letting yourself just feel. And that evening we were working on rage letting yourself just feel rage. Cause a lot of us feel like if we feel emotion, we have to then act it out. Loud. Like you got to punch somebody or hit somebody or scream at somebody or whatever. And I sat there and I remember thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be a really interesting call. I was really excited about it. And the leader of the call was like, we're going to start with rage. He's like, I know what you're thinking. You're all like, oh my God. And he's like, just go with me. Like, just trust me. Just go with me. So he's like, put your hands at your side. And he's like, just, so he's talking us through, like, close your eyes, let your body relax and just let the rage, the sadness, the anger surface. For me, latent rage causes hives. Learn that the hard way. But here's the thing. So there I am with hot tears streaming down my face. And I am like, on the one hand, no one knows I'm doing this. So I know I'm physically safe, right? Like no one's going to yell at me. I'm not going to have a stepmother screaming at me to shut up or anybody like grabbing me and grabbing me by the shoulder and trying to tell me to, you know, stop crying or none of that is going to happen because no one knows I'm doing this. But on the other hand, I'm feeling this like feeling I've never felt before. Like I'm feeling this rage, like coming up out of my throat. Like it's like almost like you have to throw up, but you don't like, you know, you're not going to physically throw up, but it's this like, and then all of a sudden just tears like tears like my eyes the next morning were like puffy and being in that space of saying oh my god I survived feeling like aside from the hives <laughs> um which was obnoxious but it was like oh okay um once I figured out what it was okay I'm good now but it was being in that space right of it's safe to feel my emotion. So then being in the space of like going to the rape crisis center. Um, and I remember walking in, it was a summer day. I remember walking, I was the only person that knew I was there. Cause normally like usually I'll end up in the course of action, just telling people like, Hey, I'm around town doing errands or whatever. And I had told nobody I was going. And I remember walking in, I remember sharing with them, like, as soon as I said that I was raped, the woman that was at the it's very secure facility. It's hard to explain, but um, for justifiable reasons, it's all secured in locked doors and the whole bit. 
And as soon as I said, I was you know, like, how can I help you? You know, she said, how may I help you? And I said, I was raped. And she goes, oh my God, like right now. And I'm like, no, ma'am, 11 years ago. And she was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. And uh, so I filled out the information and I walked, had a counselor walk up to me and introduce herself and whatnot. And I remember the first time that I said I was raped and sodomized out loud. And I burst into tears. And I was in this space of like so much shame and like having the flashes of everything that had happened. And I think that day it took me about three hours to completely get to the point of like, I was safe to drive. I was safe to, you know, function mm -hmm. outside of the appointment. But I remember also, you know, a lot of times we're terrified of one of the things that I find with my clients is that we're, people are often terrified to even speak into. They misunderstand the laws of attraction, right? So a lot of times people are terrified to speak into what's happened to them. Because they're like, if I say that this bad thing happened, then I'm going to call in more of it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. When I was able to say I was raped and sodomized by my ex-boyfriend, I felt this like, once the, like, the tears stopped or whatever, it was this giant sigh of relief. I got to put down the bricks. I got to put down the rage and the anger and the shame that I had been holding on to. And here's the thing, when you say something out loud, and I've done it just saying it to myself too, right? Like just getting in front of my mirror and saying, things. there's tremendous power in putting breath to it and oxygen to it to dissolve the shame. Because, and here's the thing, we all have shame about weird things. I mean, one of my friends used to think, used to, used to love, he worked at a shoe store for the longest time when he was in high school. He loved women's feet. <laughs> loved putting the one of the reasons he loved working in the shoe store. He he's like, you know what I love about women's feet. And he went on this whole thing one day, and I was like, wow. And he goes, oh my god. He goes, I can't believe you're judging me. And I'm like, I'm not at all. I'm fascinated. I'm like, I worked in a shoe store, and I freaking hated it. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm really curious as to always. I'm always curious as to people's whys. And he said, I just loved everything about. Like some women have very high arches and they love really high heels. And then some women, you know, have to have flat shoes and some women really love boots. And he's like, it's just fascinating to me how many different, you know, millions of, he's like, can you stop and think about it? And at the time, there was probably like 6 billion people on earth. He's like, can you imagine the thought of 6 billion different people, different sets of feet? Isn't that kind of mind-blowing? And I kind of was in the silly space of like, yeah, it kind of is. But it's that whole notion of he shed shame that he's holding on to just by saying it out loud. And I think it's a really important point to share with people that part of the reason I came into this work was because I realized people need to be heard. Yes, they you do. Know? Yes. A lot of times they just yes. heal. By the simple act of like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And a lot of times, you know, I'll practice active listening and say, what I hear you saying is such and such a thing. Is that correct? Have I got those details right? And people will be like, oh my God. And I had someone say to me, the way you just said that, I've told that story dozens of times. And the way you just said, this is what I heard you say. And I want to make sure I got the details right. They're like, I can let it go. 
You're like, you heard me. And there's such a magic in just being in the space of, yep, I did. Yes, because it's almost like you give light to what needs to come out of the dark. And it almost like I can get like the visual of it just starts to gen- just dissolve. Mm-hmm. You don't give power to it. And, you know, I, I wanted to go back to something you had said, which was when we allow ourselves to stop and feel something, how unusual, how many times has somebody felt something? Maybe you're, at an inappropriate time. I I know I've, I have felt emotions my whole life and I have very supportive. I, I, you know, my dad's passed, but my mom is super supportive too. It's not a reflection of them too, as she does listen to my podcast (laughs) and um, with what they had the ability to do at the time too, with their, how they were raised and Yep, 100%. But the whole feeling of when you do find it, even now where people are like, if you saw me um, and I have tears running down my face because I want to feel something, I don't want to suppress it any longer. I don't want to suppress something into my body or make it go and become even more complex is that it's really uncomfortable for other people to witness it. They always want to fix it. Yes. Yes, and one of the things that I teach my clients is, and that's one of the, my criticisms of the um, healing arts. On the one hand, I teach my clients to just be in the space of, here's the thing, once you allow yourself to feel your emotions and you get comfortable with it, it frees you to be present and hold the space for other people to do the same. One of the reasons why we cancel out people's emotions or we go, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. We cheerlead people is because we are so damn uncomfortable with our own emotions that we can't just sit with somebody and let them be in the space of feeling their sadness, their grief, whatever it is they're feeling, realizing that it's going to flow through them. It's like water just going to flow through a pipe and then be done and dissolve. Um, but the other thing is too, is if we, you know, when I, when I hear people talk about, you know, healing modalities they're certified in and people say, oh, I'm not a healer. I'm like, you know, let me, let me simplify healing for you because it's not as, um, I don't think he, being a healer is really very woo, to be honest with you. And there's going to oh. be someone that's going to hear this and they're going to be like, what, what? Yeah, it is. No, because here's the thing, being a healer by definition, is literally just simply holding the space. It is holding, but when people go, what does that mean? It means you just sit and allow someone to be where they are to feel what they feel. And a lot of us truthfully are crappy at it. And I know a lot of people, I won't name any names, but I know multiple people who consider themselves healers and some of whom even have their own businesses that are horrid at holding space. They're really good at a specific modality, but when it comes down to brass tacks and my own things that I have witnessed, they're not good at just allowing people to be in their emotion. And part of what makes someone an exceptional coach or therapist or whatever practitioner thing you do 
is your ability to hold the space. Because here's the thing, it's not just about, you know, for example, you know, it's not just about running sacred soul alignments or being in the Akash or sending Reiki. It's about when the emotion, not if, when an emotion comes up for somebody, it's your ability to simply be with it, to hold the space for the person to feel the thing so that, and that can be horribly uncomfortable to people. Yes. And to yes. Be, you know, mm-hmm. Horribly. And especially if like, again, they're, most people are coming from a space of, and a lot of times it's subconscious, they're coming from that space of, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. So there's this physical terror of, it's not safe for me to feel emotion. So I can't do this. And I'm like, and I've had to, you know, tell a few people who knows you're working with me. Nobody. Okay. Does anybody know you're in this session right now? No. Okay. So it's just you and me. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I want you to take a breath. I want you to close your eyes. And I want to invite you, your small, you, I want to invite you to call forward your small injured self, the person that got yelled at at whatever age that was for feeling emotion, crying, doing what it's, you know, an under eight year old child does. It's a reaction to life. And I want you just to comfort them. I want you just to be like, you know what? It's okay to be crying. It's okay. You skinned your knee. Sure. It's totally okay to be crying. You know, if someone took a ball away from you, totally okay to be crying. So your older brother or sister slammed the door in your face, totally okay to be crying. Completely natural human emotional reaction to being left out or physically getting hurt or something. And so often people will just, you know, it's like, and they're trying to be in that space of, okay, I'm trying to tell myself, like, allow yourself to just take a breath and be in the space of, I get to feel my emotion. Because we don't realize what a gift it is to feel the entire scope of our emotions until we get to do it. And I remember when I, the first time that I, like you were talking about earlier, like being in spaces where you're crying at inappropriate, at inappropriate times, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And or being, or being called even that you're too sensitive. Like you go and Google, there's books written about the sensitive person and, and how we really try to not almost squash the people. Oh, you're just so sensitive. You're just well, so I, sensitive. You know, and I used to take that as like, you know, I used, I didn't really take it as an insult because I didn't really know it was. I just, it was this label of like, you're really sensitive. And now I look back on my life and I'm like, no, I just was born an empath. I was born an HSP. I was born, you know, I was born clairvoyant. And um, I didn't really like, I remember seeing like a very tall man in my grandma's house. And, and you know, I'd be coming down the stairs in her house and I would see this man. And I mean, it was like, I knew it wasn't a person physically. I was fully aware that like, he wasn't my grandpa. He was, there was no one that physically I knew him. Um, but I can look back at it now and be like, oh yeah. And it was like realizing that that was the doctor that occupied, that built and occupied the house before my grandparents bought it. Um, and then, you know, realizing that, you know, um, hi, Debbie here. Are you a lover of essential oils, crystals, energy healing work, channeled messages? positive affirmations well do i have uh, something to share with you my friend nikki is the owner of sage essential oils she's on instagram sage underscore 
essential oils. I'll include that in the show notes. But I wanted to share with you that she does these amazing essential oil alchemy blends that have crystals and these amazing blends of essential oils called ground alchemy, calm alchemy, uplift, nurture, daydream. And they're all these really delicious and yummy blends. She also includes with each order a personal intuitive affirmation that's downloaded and channeled just for you and a beautiful postcard. So as a healer, she's a Reiki healer and she does ancestral healing sessions as well. And she's located in Australia. And so if you want to try these amazing things, I highly recommend them. I love them and use them in my own life. So again, her Instagram is sage underscore essential oils. Let her know that you heard about her here on Light Up Your Worth podcast. Be blessed. Being in that space of like going back and feeling emotion, like in my childhood and like being in a space, children are empaths. Children and animals are natural empaths. And I absorbed, I had no idea what that was. Um, someone actually told me one day, they said, oh, I bet you're an empath too. And I go, yeah, I am. And it just kind of came out of my mouth <laughs> and I was like, and then I had to go back and like empath you know, look up what an empath was because I had no idea. And I'm like, oh shit. Well, the whole world now makes sense. My whole entire emotional life now makes sense. <laughs> um, in the space of like a minute. And I was like, oh yeah. And it was like learning how to clear myself, learning how to ground and protect my energy, learning that I had the ability to do that. And it's one of the things I teach my clients as a cornerstone of working with my clients and program work is you get to ground, protect, take care of your energy, clear yourself. It is imperative that you do that so that you, it's like, you know, putting your oxygen mask on first on a plane if some, there was an emergency. It's yes. that real life is we're not in a, you know, we're not in an emergency situation, but we're in real life. And the reality is, is that if you're going to serve people, if you're going to take care of your business in life from a space of, grace from a space of contribution from a space of joy you get to take care of your energy because otherwise how many of us are running around how many of us say on the daily i have to i should that we should all over ourselves oh right, right? i say to that too <laughs> yeah we should all over ourselves and i should do this i should do that i have to do this i'm like what if you get to what if you choose to like i get to order some of my Christmas presents online. I got to choose ahead of time, like in September, have a rough idea of what I wanted to get people for Christmas. I got to plan. So this week is not, oh my God, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, all the things I get to choose my schedule to work with clients. I get to choose to shut down for a period of time toward the end of the year to entirely take apart and then rebuild my battery, right? Like taking care of myself, doing the things that I do as radical self-care to end the year and then to start a new year. And we are masterful in this world at not taking responsibility for our emotion, for our 
actions for our inaction and then going, well, you know, I have these obligations. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And so often when you say that to people, they'll be, what do you, well, I had to do this. No, you chose to do it. And I invite people into the space of, I got to, I choose to. I also invite them into the space of, you're not, you're am. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people say, I am angry, I am frustrated. But if we get to allow ourselves into the space of, I'm experiencing, I'm feeling anger, I'm feeling sadness, I'm feeling frustration, that allows you to release it. Because if something becomes part of who I am, like I had one of my friends who about six months ago messaged me and said, I'm fat and I really need to lose uh-huh. weight, but I hate running. I hate this. I hate that. And I said, okay. I said, well, may I? Well, that's why I reached out to you. I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you <laughs> want to take a breath and let go of your crunchies for just a second? She was like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm frustrated. I said, okay, take a breath and realize what you just said. Because I am are two of the most powerful words. Yes, said, they so are. You're experiencing frustration. And frustration is the space between where we think we ought to be and where we are. So if we break down the word game, I feel frustration because I have taken on an extra 30, 40, however many pounds she had on her. And I realized I hate running and I don't know what to do. And I need to stop eating and I need to this and I need to that. And I said, okay, you get to keep track of your food for 10 days. You get to choose to be aware of when you eat. Are you bored when you eat? Are you tired when you eat? Are you you know, like disinterested, are you eating your emotions? Um, and I curiosity, lead from curiosity. So you're not blaming or shaming yourself. You're just being like, hmm. isn't it interesting that when I get bored, I eat? Or isn't it interesting that when I um, am around other people, I'm a social eater. Like some people are social drinkers or social smokers. Like they never do it by themselves, but they do it around other people. I want you to replace I'm fat with, I am holding on to an extra X number of pounds that I would like to release. And I said, notice the energy shift between saying I am fat and I get to work on a plan to increase my physical activity, choose different foods, be mindful of why I'm eating, record my calories, and shift the weight, release the weight. Yeah. And I want to add to that is that it's also allowing to feel all those emotions as you go through them and not only pick up when you're eating, because this is one of the things that I've been on my lifetime journey (laughs) um, is that it's allowing as new things happen to is to kind of start peeling back all those emotions of what you stuffed down and to let them come up and just kind of take a look at them. You don't have to stay in them like you're saying, but you can experience them, you can feel them and then let them go. Of all of that. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you too, because we had, we were touching on it was that 
when people are realizing, or what tips would you give for somebody who, what is, when we talk about grounding ourselves, mm-hmm. what's, a, what's a couple simple tips that somebody could use if they don't actually know, like, how do I know if I'm grounded or not? But really um, basic. I would say if you feel buzzy, if you feel wobbly, if you feel like if you've ever had your blood sugar drop, or if you've ever been on a hot day, you've been outside on a hot day and you haven't been hydrating correctly and you feel like all up here, like you're not, your feet are not physically on the ground, or you feel like you're going to get dizzy and pass out. um, Those are signs that you're not grounded. Or if you're in a space where like you are realizing that you cannot hold your own opinion, um, like you, you can't, like you have no idea if someone asks you what you'd like to do or where you'd like to go or something that requires a decision of some variety in your part and you can't orientate yourself to it. Um, those are all signs that you're ungrounded. Um, for me, a lot of times it's, it appears first as dizziness and I'll immediately check have it. When was the last time I ate and when was the last, you know, is my sugar off and Okay. And then depending on like, I keep shungite with me. Shungite is a black crystal. I keep shungite and black tourmaline with me. Those are superb grounders. Mm -hmm. Um, Simple tips that I recommend for, um, you know, for on the go, especially for like, if you have little kids that listen to this, a really easy way for little kids to ground and cleanse simultaneously is hand washing. Oh, water is a superb water is a superb grounder so going into the bathroom and rinsing off everybody else's stuff as you wash your hands and then i like to visualize like the water turning a specific color mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's going to but like you know the simple act of washing our hands i'm washing my hands of this situation i'm washing my hands of other people's of other people's energy and it helps i mean to be in a space of like okay Washing my hands, rinsing my hands, rinsing them. You can do the same thing in the shower. But again, hand hand washing is something very inobtrusive that you can do, unobtrusive that you can do, that most people are not, especially nowadays, like we're not going to be like, oh, she's washing her hands. Right? (laughs) No one's going to say squat to you if you're washing your hands. So washing your hands is a really good way to ground and clear yourself at the same time. Um, I like to be intentional about it and just usually what I'll do is I'll say, I am clear. I am clear. I am clear as I'm washing my hands. Um, showering is a great one. If you're at home, like, you know, like if, you know, showering and just like rinsing the day off of you. And again, if you like to visualize like layers of stuff coming off of you and like going down the drain, um, fun fact, 90% of your thoughts and feelings are not yours. Um, so having that notion of like grounding and clearing yourself and getting, unplugging um another way that you can ground depending upon where you are in the country a lot of people are in snow you know areas that are <laughs> snowy and cold now um another other grounding surfaces bare feet on grass bare feet on concrete because it has uh sand in it sand's a grounder um bare feet in water and here's the thing none of this has to be stuff that is like ounces and ounces of time mm-hmm. you can literally like one of my friends goes and lets her dogs out and she'll go in her bare feet she's like okay i'm gonna be brave with my bare feet for 20 seconds in the snow she'll walk out in the snow and you know have a towel by the door and she'll walk her dogs out in the snow and she'll stand there for a couple seconds let her feet be cold and intentionally ground 
and then, you know, shuffle, you know, shimmy and shuffle back <laughs> inside, get her feet on the towel, but that's grounding. Um, I also know people who you can be a dude on wood floors, even if they're sealed. Um, you can also technically you can do it on wood decks. Um, there's lots of tips and tricks that you can use. Um, you can also put your hands, like if you like one of the places that I run near my house, um, has one area that's wood decking and there's like all the, this, all the, um, handrails or whatever, all wood. So you can totally put your hands, bare hands on a railing as well and ground. doesn't have to just be with your feet. Um, but those are excellent ways of, you know, grounding and learning that you're ungrounded. And I always encourage people to is notice how you feel when you wash your hands or one of the things you can do too is if you're in a space where you can't really touch anything or you can't wash your hands or whatever is put your feet on the ground and say i am grounded just a simple act of saying i am grounded and it takes a little bit of time for you to notice the difference but like mm -hmm. once i got the hang of doing it because a lot of times right we come into the space of Oh, I'm going to do a new thing, right? We have New Year's coming and people will be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, new me, new, you know, new year, new me. And we do a thing for like two weeks and our brain goes, oh, she's going to do that for like two weeks and peace out. You know, she's going to, yeah. you know, we know how this works, but if you get into the space of like doing it every day for 21 days, and let me tell you, one of my hacks that I like to share with people, no shame in my game is I have, I am clear written on my phone as an appointment, as a task. So I have all kinds of stuff that is tasks on my phone that my phone dings and I'm like, I'm clear, I'm clear, I'm clear. It's a simple way to clear your energy. And then if I'm in a space where I know I'm going someplace, like I've got, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you can do this unless you really know your energy well, but like I can run alignments on myself while I'm driving down the road. I can ground myself while I'm driving down the road because I've been doing this for such a long time that it's rote for me. Mm -hmm. But I recommend when you first start doing it, this is, if you're listening to this and you're like, what's grounding, wait, what? Um, you know, it's just coming back into the, to, to the grounded energy of Gaia, of coming into the energy of mother earth and that really beautiful, like I am centered, I am grounded. Um, and another way you can ground is trees. And it doesn't even have to be hugging a tree. Like, you know, you might walk up to a tree and put your hand. I always recommend telling people, if you're gonna use trees, ask for permission before you touch it because trees are living things so i will you I, I you don't have to be like hey mr tree can i touch you it doesn't have to be that elaborate you can just be like <laughs> saying to yourself like looking at the tree and be like may i touch you may i ground with you i've never i've actually only had one tree say no um and i then chose a better tree actually um they call out to you though too that's what yes. i've noticed too is you're walking by a tree and you're like Okay, I didn't know I wanted to hug a tree, but here I go. <laughs> I love literally tree hugging. It's one of my favorite things to do, um, especially for, I have no idea why, but I have a thing for birch trees. Oh. And I love sitting on or near live oak trees. I love the beauty and the majesty of live oak trees. Like, I can't even tell you, like, um, partly because most of them, because they're like two or 300 years old in, in many cases. Um, mm -hmm. And I just like, wow, the history that they've witnessed, but that's another podcast entirely. Um, but just putting your hand on a tree and just like letting it just like pull you back down to earth. And also you can set the intention of please take all, you know, please take all my stuff that's not serving me and 
you know, being able to put my hands on a tree and just, and a lot of times, you know, if, like if I'm doing a hike, right. And I just put my hand on a tree, no one's going to be like, oh, you're weird. Like if you're like, cause most people will do that to balance themselves while they stretch their calves or, you know, hamstrings or whatever. So no one looks at you weird for doing it. And it's like, okay. And not that I care if someone looks at me weird, cause I sure don't. But the point is, is if you're new to all this and you don't want people to think you're weird, um, if that's a thing for you, then, you know, walking up to a tree or whatever, and just using it to balance you while you stretch or whatever, um, beautiful energy. And these are oh my easy, gosh, simple yes. things. Mm-hmm. These are easy, simple things you can do. Um, I, you know, I always tell people I'm a very simple person. I am like more, I'm so basic. It's painful. Um, but I like to do things that are user-friendly, especially when people are new to the healing arts, they're new to woo. I like them to give them things that are like super useful for them. Because the thing is, is you do it two or three times and you're going to, and I've had people do it once and been like, oh my God, that really worked. And I'm like, good, glad. Because it's user-friendly, right? And I want people to be in the space of knowing that there's all these tools and technologies and techniques you can use that are very quick for you know helping us reground our energy and when we're grounded and we take care of ourselves that is the ultimate um in terms of the ability for us to ground and protect other people mm-hmm. so if i'm in a space where i'm taking care of myself i do it so i can take care of you so i can hold the space for my clients my friends my family the world whoever needs me but it's imperative and we're terrible at self-care. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I've, you know, self-care is a bubble wrap. I'm like, no, 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 self-care is as simple as meditation. And, you know, a minute of meditation. I, I meditate in the shower. You know, I meditate just by sitting on the end of my bed, putting my socks on and being like, because let me share a little tiny something with you that I came from a world. If you come from a world where you were taught that meditation, you had to sit in a certain way and you had to sit in lotus position on a pillow facing, you know, whatever wall and you had to do this and you had to meditate for at least 30 minutes and you had to do all these things and say all these things. And let me make it super simple for you. Meditation is simply the act of inhaling and exhaling. That's it. So if you inhale and exhale for 30 seconds, congratulations, you're meditating. Now, if you can do it for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours, knock yourself out if that's what works for you. But I like to make things super user-friendly because I feel like we have all these notions of like the right way to do things. And I'm like, you know, can we please stop? Yes. We try to make mm-hmm. things like being in the space of like, well, you have to do it a certain way at a certain time. And, you know, you can only do it on Tuesdays or whatever. And I'm no, 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 no. I mean, the first time that I ever meditated, I, had, I was doing trying to do this 30 minute meditation. It was like, just see the clouds and let the clouds go. And I remember getting frustrated because I kept thinking about like lunch and other things and the dog and the cats. And and I was like, Oh my God. And I stopped cold for like three years. Like I can't meditate. That was my story. And then I was talking to this person and he said, I said, I don't meditate. He's like, you really need to, it would be a really benefit you. And I said, I'm terrible at meditating. So he tells me, and I tell him what I had done, how I had meditated and failed. He's like, I want to challenge you to do something when you get home. I said, okay. He goes, I want you to inhale and exhale, put a timer on your phone or put it to, you know, kitchen timer, whatever. And I want you to set it for two minutes. I go, what can I do in two minutes? And he's like, you can meditate. So, okay. He said, I want you to inhale and I want you to exhale. 
five count inhale, five count exhale. I said, okay. He said, text me and let me know how it goes. I said, okay. So I went home, did it dutifully. The people pleaser in me still quite active at that time. Did the thing and uh, text him. He's like, how'd it go? I said, it went great. I, you know, I inhaled and exhaled for two minutes. The timer went off and I was good. My mind didn't wander. He goes, congratulations, you're meditating. <laughs> so I want to hear when somebody hears this too, that they're going to try the two minute because. I strongly encourage it. Cause honestly, yeah. if you have the idea in your head that you have to like be, you know, and the, here's the other thing too, I want to tell you. I think it's really important. Everybody has different clairs and everybody experiences meditation differently. Everybody experiences and your clairs are just the ways that you receive clearly your intuition. To make that really simple and easy user for like I like user friendly. So if you are used to people like the notion you always want, someone told me recently, I always want to be clairvoyant, but I'm not. And I said, okay. And she's like, I can, my gift is that I can, my gift seems to be that I can smell things that aren't there. I said, oh, you're clear ghost. She's like, oh, I said, okay. Actually, clear ghost is, is tasting and clear alliance is smelling. The point is, is that she was in a space where she was, try, people try so hard to have a certain clear mm -hmm. as opposed to go with whatever's there and allow it to expand. Like when I was a little kid, I was very clairvoyant. I didn't understand what it was at the time. I didn't have it because I grew up in a very Catholic family. So me going up and being like, hey, I just saw this guy that was wearing a top hat on the step and like, what the hell? Probably people would have wanted to put me in an asylum at that time. Well, and you know, and a lot of the guests that I've had on, a lot of them have talked about their clairs that were mm -hmm. there as they were young. They expressed them be before eight mm -hmm. and they were shut down. Like this because isn't how, what, how it is here. Like, we don't know what that is, but we don't go there. We're not touching it. We're uh, one of my friends who's Jewish and she's now agnostic, but she grew up very Jewish. And she said she told her grandmother that when she was a little kid, that she saw a woman in the pantry. Grandma and grandpa had a very old house, similar to my grandparents, but it, this was in New York and very old house and she kept seeing this woman like cooking in this pantry and so she kept telling her grandma like something's wrong whatever and the grandmother kept shutting it down shutting it down shutting it down so when she was in her like late to like so she didn't talk about it to anybody and um so she was in her late teens and her grandmother was on her deathbed and her grandmother basically said um you come from a long line of witches you come from a long line of medicine women and, you know, social women who were, it was socially not acceptable to have an apothecary, to be a healer, to be a medicine woman at that time. So we, you know, would cook or we would, you know, make crafts or we would do other things where you were like, putting together like you were boiling juniper berries or whatever, you know, whatever it would be. And you were making, you know, tonics and that sort of thing. And she's like, so I just want to let you know, she goes, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. And I'm sorry, I shut you down. But I just didn't want you to get in trouble with anybody else in the family, because in the community, it's very frowned upon. 
And so then when her, she had a mediumship reading, um, when her grandmother passed away, she wanted to make sure that grandma had passed and crossed over in the whole bit. And all the rest of her ancestors came forward for her as well. Um, and basically confirmed like you're a very long, so she's come back into her players and into her gifts, but many kids were like shut down, you know, or they see things or they hear things. And a lot of kids like our natural empaths. And when people will say, you know, my kid's agitated, my kid won't sleep. My kid has a mouth on them, whatever. And I'm like, your kid is overloaded emotionally and doesn't know, doesn't have language, what to say, what to do. And I'm like, frankly, you're not helping that situation. I'm like, not trying to be a jerk, but we disallow our children to feel an experience because again, we don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So we are, I'll shut it down. That, that fixes it. <laughs> um, so, you know, being in the space of inviting people to, you know, come into their players and, you know, when I talk to people, you know, when I, when I talk about my players, like mind shift. And I mean, the first time, like the first time that I signed up for, I want to say it was Reiki. No, it was the Akash. It was the Akash Records class that I signed up for. And it's, I tell the story just because it's funny, but it's also illustrative <laughs> of what happens with your, what happens when you lean into your, when you, you lean into this work is I signed up for the Akashic Records course and my- as fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. Hi, Debbie here. Wanted to let you know that I am a spiritual transformational coach. I actually partner with women to activate their full expression, to live without limitations and co-create their desires into their dream blissful life. So if you've been curious after listening to today's podcast or with some of my other pretty incredible guests, and you know that you have some subconscious beliefs or limiting beliefs, maybe you have some self-sabotage patterns, and you really want to help release some of your own negative habits, feel free to take a look at my website. It's uh, www.debbiemcallister.com backslash coaching. And you can take a look at either just a one-on-one, one-off session, or if you really wanted to go and do the deep dive and start breaking some of these patterns, I would love to be able to hold the space for you. Look forward to hearing from you. Much love. Sending sunshine. My teacher mentor friend, um, Emily, I was in my apartment and I remember like hearing very loud voices, like people were having a party and I, and I sounded like it was right out my front door. So I look up the people, there's nothing there. And I can hear it, right? And I'm like, so I go out and there's gonna be someone that's gonna hear this, that's gonna think I'm crazy, but this is this is the <laughs> this is the life of an empath of a uh, not an empath. This is the life of a clear audience sometimes. So I go outside and the sound immediately disappears. And I'm looking and there's nobody. And I'm like, okay, they went and they heard me open the door and I'm you know big and bad and you know not really <laughs> You know, and I'm like, okay, they heard me. So they were, went inside. Okay. There's nobody on the landings. There's nobody in the parking lot. There's nobody anywhere. There's no doors closing. Like people like took it inside and like that. So I message and I'm like, Hey, 
Um, I just signed up for your class and I'm wondering if this is a, <laughs> and she goes, yeah, it totally is what has to, she's tell me more. And we still laugh about it. Cause it's like, but when you commit to, when you say yes, when people ask me, like, how do I open up my clears? Commit to the use, mm -hmm. commit to using them. And when, you know, what I always do is like, when I see double numbers or when I see, you know, when I hear um, you know, I get messages and I get whispers. I always say thank you out loud. Um, That's a when good I practice. See sparkles, mm -hmm. I say thank you and I'm like, gratitude. Thank you for sharing that. Even if I, and here's the thing a lot of times you're not going to get like this whole download of a book, like, you know, like, and I always tell them, like, think of it like, because a lot of times the downloads that we get are not meant, right? They're not meant for our brain to understand. And a lot of times we get super frustrated because we feel like, oh, my, my crown was tingling as a, as a prime example. My crown was tingling, but I didn't hear anything. I don't understand. I'm like, well, you know, when you, if you have an update for your computer or you download a program, right? And you download it and then you run it. So the download is the first step and then it runs and you're like, don't know what it is until you try to use it, right? Like you mm -hmm. open up the you know, like I just updated Firefox recently and it's like, okay, it's updated and these are the new things and changes, right? Or like you, you know, do an update on your phone and it tells you all the new things or you notice the font's completely different and you're like, oh, must've been an update. But the thing is, is that my point in sharing that is, is that when you get downloads, you're not necessarily supposed to understand them. Number one, they're not for your brain. Energy work is not for your brain to understand. And it's really important to, under, to comprehend that because a lot of people get very frustrated because they're trying to understand with the mind something that's energetic. Right. And those two things are never going to like mesh in a way that you're going to go, aha, and have a, the light bulb is those two things are in two separate spaces and that's what they're supposed to do. The other thing is you're not, they don't come in like, you get the whole book, Right. So a lot of times it's like, you'll get like one piece of information and like you get the one puzzle piece and then you'll get another piece of the puzzle and you'll get something else. And then all of a sudden you'll have this aha and all the things make sense. And I've had them make sense like two years in arrears. Like I'm looking, like I'm paying attention, I'm paying attention, I'm paying attention. And two years later, I'll be like, well, that suddenly makes a whole lot more sense. Like, oh, now it makes like, and now you understand why you weren't supposed to. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's super powerful when you do that. And I think that you know one of the things that you had mentioned too was that, um, you know, like ninety percent of our thoughts aren't ours. So how does that fit in with the somebody's learning? they're paying attention, right? They're grounding themselves, they're starting to pay attention. How can they distinguish if that, I call it the download or the message that you're getting, um, that it's theirs or it's, it's for them or that it's just somebody else's thoughts, the collective? Well, when it comes to like downloads, downloads are rare, are, are never not yours. So a download is, is always gonna be for you 
it just isn't a matter of whether it is like you're going to get it fully like sometimes it's something when I say for you for you can be like it's directly for me and sometimes too I'll get information that I am meant to be a carrier for somebody else like I'm meant to share hey have you ever thought about blah 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 to somebody else so that can become as a come as a download as well when it comes to thoughts and beliefs one of the things I encourage people to do is learn your body. Yes. And no. Mm. So like some people will get like, and I encourage people to say things out loud. So like you might say, um, like one of the things that, you know, I encourage it's a super simple thing is I believe in God and you know, you're going to know whether you get shivers. Like if you get, if you're clairsentient and you just, you you get like full body chills, or if you're, in a, and I also encourage people to lose, use their body pendulum um, and just learn what's right and true for you. And like, and I, when you get better at using your body pendulum, you can say, is this mine? Hmm. Like, this doesn't feel like it resonates with me. Is this mine? And then, you know, if it's yours, okay. Then you get to deal with, do I get to keep this or do I get to chuck it? Or do I get to... Because a lot of times if we're in a space, um, you know, just give you a very, um, you know, just give you a very like stark one. Um, a woman that I knew a long time ago, she had very deep prejudices, very, very deep prejudices and against pretty much everybody. She was equal opportunity, like everybody's <laughs> offensive. Yeah. So she didn't like old people. Old people at the time for her was anybody over 50. Um, she didn't like black people. She didn't like Hispanic people. She didn't like Asian people. Um, she didn't like, she, and, and so basically like anybody that we would have been hiring, she was completely against. Like you basically had to be pure, pure as wind driven snow or she was not having a conversation. Um, and then she also didn't like, um, she didn't like people with big noses and she didn't like people with small eyes. And this was long before I was anywhere near my gifts or any of that sort of stuff. And I was like, I remember saying to her, cause she, she was one of the people that was already working in the retail setting I was in, I did not hire her. And um, I said to her, I'm like, where'd all that come from? Like, that's really interesting that you have this interesting set of prejudices. like. And I'm small like, eyes. I have yes. small and eyes. So she, I'm like, what? Like it was, and it was the most bizarre thing. Like she was intimidated by people with big noses. And she thought I had a big nose. And she goes, You have a big nose. I don't like you. And I go, Well, here's the deal. Um, I'm the manager of the store now. So if you don't like it, you can quit. <laughs> and she goes, I guess I'll learn to live with your nose. And I'm like, well, good, because it's attached to the rest of me, which is in charge of you. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. So she was trying to, she had been told by the previous manager who'd been fired that she was going to help find new people. Oh. And I said, here's the deal. Um, you're going to go through applications and you're going to, and I went through all the applications with a marker. And I went through the part about their race and blacked it all out on every single application. 
all of them. <laughs> my boss was not pleased, but I did this on all of them. It was like 50 or so applications and I was like, nah, 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 on all of them. And I said, here's the deal. And she's like, why did you black out? She goes, so then she's looking at a blank application. She goes, why did you blank out the race part? And I said, because we don't pick people based on their race. I want you to look at availability. So the first two things I want you to look at are their availability. The hours and the days they're available. That's the first thing, two things I want you to look at. And the third thing I want you to look at is how much they want per hour. Those are the only three things I want you to look at. And I want you to put that. So I've done this whole elaborate thing for her. And I said, if you can't do this and you can't keep working here. <laughs> and so she was, she, I trained, I inadvertently trained her out of prejudice because she got to tell, come in and tell me every time there was someone there to interview. Ah. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, what's your first impression? And she'd be like, they're black or they're this, or they have a, you know, or this, he has really small feet or, you know, this one doesn't know how to dress, or I don't think they want the job because they kind of are frumpy or this is an older lady or whatever. Right. And I go, okay. And after we hired new people and I said, my job threatened, I said, not at all. But you're either going to be a team player and you're going to play with all the people and you're going to learn to get along with other people because listen, I'm like, you got a long life ahead of you. She was in her early twenties. And I said, you have a long, long life ahead of you. And you're going to have to learn to get along with people. When you go to college, if you go to college, any just live in life. <laughs> Everybody's not a terrible person because they don't look just like you. And I said, by the way, you know, you have, by your looking at me and saying, I have a large nose. I'm like, your nose is bigger than mine. It fits your face beautifully. I'm like, but this notion that you're like excluding and including people, you're going to miss out on a lot of really amazing people in the world. If you're just deciding like all the things. And, you know, I feel like we come into a space sometimes of you know, when it comes to our players, you know, like a lot of times, one of the most frustrating things I find with my clients, right, is we prejudge how we want them to show up, right? Like mm -hmm. people will go, oh, I want, you know, I really want to be, you know, this clear or that clear. I want to see this or, and it's like, okay, so what's the thing? Like we want, you want to trust, like if you see it, then you trust it's real. And they're like, well, something like that. I'm like, okay, well, can you trust it if you, you know, you just know, like, you know, or can you trust that if you get a chill or you get goose flesh, like when you're walking up to somebody that, or you're walking away from a situation that it's real. And they're like, um, I hadn't thought of that. I'm like, here's the deal. And I had someone tell me, I believe because you believe and you are so solid in your beliefs. And I'm like, and I've had to hone it because here's the thing. It doesn't just snap like that. And one day you're asleep and one day you're awake and like, boom, right? It's a process. <laughs> yeah. It's such a process. And like, if you had, like, I was thinking about this recently, like, wow, if I think about who I am now going into 2022 versus who I was when I started my journey in 2011, and like the girl that I was growing up and like all the clairvoyant experiences that I had, like seeing the girl, the, the girl in the white dress in the, in the hay field um, behind the 200 year old house that my dad used to rent. Um, 
or like seeing, you know, some of the other things that I've seen and like now, like growing into it now, like being a medium now and like the things that I get to see and do and witness. And, you know, I had someone say, I don't believe anything coming out of your mouth. And I go, okay. But it's a process to get there. Right. I mean, like, cause I mm-hmm. used to be in a space of like, um, you know, when I first realized I was a medium, I was like, oh my God, when I first realized that I was that I, cause one of my specialties is reading houses. I love reading historic homes and people will often say to me, oh, can, please don't, you know, please don't go read up on the history of the house. I'm like, the house isn't going to tell me the history that's written in the books. Like the house is going to, the people that, the energy that's there is going to share with me the lives of the indentured servants or the people who, you know, the people, the servants or the, you know, the slaves or the people, the good, the bad stuff that happened that no one wants to talk about, you know, or the, you know, the fire that happened or the, you know, why, you know, there was one house that I read and I keep see, I kept seeing like two separate implants of the, like the two separate like footprints of the house. And I said to the homeowner, I said, was this house, this house is built in like the eight, the house was built in like the 1890s. I said, was this, was a house raised to put this, to build this house? And she said, yes, it was. I said, okay, that's what I'm seeing. So I was seeing a foot, like her house goes this way with the front door facing this way and the house going back like a townhouse, only not. And the house that I was seeing was facing sideways. Oh, that's interesting. So it was like this whole thing where as I'm reading the house, I'm like, there's a different imprint on this house. And I was like, so they built over and they never cleared the land. So there's two imprints on top of each other. And that's actually way more common. Like if if things were like, especially in the South, there's a lot of times when like there's a house that was there or there's an imprint of something that was there beforehand. And people would say, do you think you could excavate? I'm like, you probably could. And I'm like, but sometimes, you know, it's we're in the space of like, um, like they'll share the histories with me, right. Of like, um, you know, why things happened a certain way or like why people, and I'm like, you know, I'm not interested when it comes to mediumship. The thing I love most about doing it is I love clearing people and like sending people that are stuck on their way. Um, and helping people, you know, when it comes to mediumship and having conversations with people's loved ones is reassuring our loved ones that they are, you know, that are people here on earth, mm-hmm. that our loved ones crossed over and that they're okay. Because so often we're like, oh my God, you know, the most common thing I hear from people is I'm afraid that so-and-so is not okay on the other side. I'm like, and the irony is, is they're worried about you <laughs> because they are right. perfect. I'm mm-hmm. like, when they cross over and they pass away, like people are like, oh, aren't you afraid to go to graveyards? I'm like, no, why? Well, there's dead people there. Yeah, and their soul's not there. So there's just lots of dead bodies. And it's like, I hate to be like melodramatic about it or whatever, or to be like, but I'm just, but the reality <laughs> of it is, is that cemeteries aren't as, you know, aren't nearly as, a lot of people like make it to be way more than it is. And I'm like, no. I would be more concerned about houses that are 150, 200, 300 years old that have never been cleared where stuff has happened, where there's like energy stuck. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I've had two different places that I stayed at. One was back in 2011, 2012. My, uh, I needed to rent a place. I was, I wasn't quite ready to sell my house and I'd taken a job a couple hours away. 
wanted to make sure it was going to be okay. I rented this garden home and it was a night, it was literally a nightmare. I've, I've still have never experienced what was there. The second night I was there, I woke up and somebody was there. This older person was there screaming at me, screaming. I had, I think I ended up staying there for another couple weeks. It wasn't, it wasn't that long because it kept happening. And it was a really scary thing. Like I remember going into the closet and I remember thinking, oh my God, somebody wants to close me in this closet. Like it was, it, yeah, it was really, I called in a couple different people about this house and it was this huge portal. And anyway, I left one night because it was so scary and that they were, then they started going after my dog. I had my, my, my blue who 90 pound pit bull they were going after where he was just shaky. Like he was scared that night we packed up. I never went back in the house. I actually paid somebody to go in to take out my stuff and I never went back. I had, I went someplace else for six months or four months, whatever it was until I sold my other house and, you know, bought a newer house, but that experience stayed with me about come to find out it was a, uh, the home had been somebody who, an older lady who had gotten, uh, passed away. And she was just kind of like, she was pissed off that people were in her house and she hadn't like, there was something around when she passed too. Right. So she obviously needed to do something, but I can tell you that was the scariest thing I have ever, uh, gone through. And I kept trying to protect myself and, you know, it just brought in two different people. They could not, uh, they could not clear it out. Couldn't clear it out. I'm like, okay, it's time to go. Sometimes too, is, you know, is the thing too, is like, sometimes they don't want to be cleared. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just want this property to be left alone. And, you know, that happens sometimes too, is it's like, if you're in the space where you just want the memories to be that, like, as you left it, um, excuse me, there was actually a house in, um, Florida that that happened with, and, um, I was following this page and this, all these people were like, why isn't someone trying to save it? And I said, I piped up and said, um, they don't want it saved. They would like it sta- they would like it stabilized and preserved, but they do not want anybody living in this house. They're very explicit about that. They're very explicit about the ancestors are very explicit about that. And they're like, why? I'm like, they're not telling me why. They just, you know, and um I was like, but it's important sometimes to be in the space of like, because people want to save every house and whatever. And it's like sometimes they don't want to be saved. And you know, the thing too is, is that you brought up another really important point about how some, you know, how you call people in. And I think it's important sometimes to realize as healers, as gifted people, as people in the healing arts, no matter what your modality is, um, it is always safe and it is always okay to discern, I mean, to do it with discernment, but you are never a bad 
person healer, et cetera, for needing outside help. And I think there's this huge misnomer about that nowadays that like, if I was such a good, whatever modality you do, then I wouldn't need help, right? And I think that, you know, I, I started talking to people recently, I'm like, you know, I went to my chiropractor like two weeks ago and my chiropractor who's famous, the actually owner of the clinic is quite famous. And um, he was in there to get adjusted. And he took a number just like everybody else does. It was doing his spine exercises just like everybody else was, the whole thing, just like everybody else was. And then he mm -hmm. got adjusted by the, by the chiropractor that does adjust all the rest of us. And I said, you know, surgeons don't do their own surgeries. Massage therapists don't give themselves massages. You know, dentists don't clean their own teeth. You know, my, my, you know, chiropractor can't do his own adjustments. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we realize as givers, as practitioners, that it is not only okay, but we need help. You know, we need to have a, that, you know, that blind spot person. I like to call them side mirrors, right? Mm -hmm. We need to have those side mirrors in life to be like, hey, you're off course or hey, you know, uh, you know, that person that I see a red flag, that's not a declaration, sweetheart. Love you, but mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've been my side mirrors, uh, for a couple pretty big, pretty big decisions that I've, uh, made because I couldn't tell I, well, I'll, I'll retrace that. Cause that's not all truth. There was something that was telling me and then we have a session and for something else completely. Right. And then what you shared was like, uh, no, you need to deal with this first, you know, and it was those side mirrors. And I, I think what we're, what we're both in, in agreement with is that we, you also, I think need to understand if that's not my area where I've done a lot of work, it's better for me to not even try to do much with it, but to call in somebody. In fact, when I brought in the second person, I told them I'd already worked with somebody else and it was uh, virtually, I, they weren't physically there. Mm -hmm. And this is before people, you know, really was doing a lot of virtual stuff. And, and she just said, you know, this is, uh, this is more than what I'm capable of doing. Here's who I'll refer you to. You know, but I really having wish... that awareness, that respect of, you know what, this is not mine. Like I haven't had the same experiences as you. So that's not really not how, that's not really why I work with people. You know, I, mm -hmm. I work with people for different, different things. And that's, um, which is really to, to own their own worth, their own, you know, get rid of the imposter syndrome. I, not that I particularly care for that word, but but to actually know who I need to go work with, depending on um, what issues they have, whether it's the house property, the, the, the trauma. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, this has just been such a powerful conversation. So full of so many practical, practical ways for people, whether they they've been practicing something for 10 years or they just found this podcast and this is the first time and they're like, what are you guys talking about? Right. Like, 
I think it's super important uh, for people to understand that there's a reason why there's so many different types of healers and yes. even within each modality, right? Like Reiki is so well known. I call mm-hmm. it like the gateway because it just is because it's, and I'm grateful that it is because it just gives people access to go finding out what, you know, what one works with their clairs, which energies do they mm-hmm. like, etc. And so now if somebody is hearing this and they're like, wow, I really like your style. How can they reach you, Jilly? Um, they can re- find me on Facebook at um, Jilly Maria Transformational Catalyst. They can also find me at Fire and Ice Transformational Coaching also on Facebook. They can join my free group, Awakening with Grace. Um, the website, the website is in progress, in progress rather. So probably by the time that this is published, um, jillymaria.com, J-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-R-I-A.com will be, uh, the website for all the things will be central for everything. Um, the coaching, the public speaking, the free sources, the resources, all of it. So I encourage them to absolutely reach out. If you have questions, um, there's lots of different ways that you can reach me and, I'm happy to field, you know, questions. I do a lot of contract records live in my group every Monday night. Yeah. It's powerful. Um, Mm-hmm. And I love, I love just sharing that, that resource freely. I love introducing people to the Akashic records. Um, so yeah, I'm you know, looking forward to sharing more. Yeah. It's wonderful. I highly, you know, uh, suggest that people come to your group that it is so powerful to sit there and what I've noticed, and I'm going to piggyback on that is as you're, as you're calling in and answering somebody else's very specific question, not just some general question, but as, as you answer their specific question, I get something out of their questions. So whether or not mine, my question comes up or not with the, you know, the time frame that you have, that it is, uh, there's, it's so beneficial just to watch the whole process of it. So, but um, highly recommend everybody uh, go there. I'll list everything out in the show notes too, so that you could just click on it as well as in YouTube. So thank you so much, my friend, for being here. This has been such a beautiful conversation and um, we will say goodbye. Thank you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me and Jilly today as we explored how emotions can really impact our life and how we found out if you're grounded techniques to reground yourself. I'd really love to hear your experiences with using a different way of expressing some of the fears of some of the emotions that we feel with the suggestions of I'm experiencing, I am feeling, and remembering that you are not your emotion, that we don't want to stop feeling what we're feeling. Let's feel all the feels as one of my other previous guests uh, had shared. And I would love to hear your feedback. If you haven't already subscribed, I would love to have you join our community. If you're looking to support it, I've set up a buy me a coffee, which are in the show notes. And I'm just so excited that you're here. Thanks for subscribing. If you feel so called to write me a review, I would love to hear your comments back. Sending much love and sunshine.